The tampering window is open. The flurry of signings has begun. Some teams flying out of the gate, some teams doing stuff that makes sense, some doing stuff that makes a little less sense. We're going to talk about all of it here on the Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So come check us out on YouTube. I'm Luke Braun. I'm here because it's Tuesday, and that means you get me. I do Locked On Vikings. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. I'm here with David Harrison at DHarrison82, filling in for Ross Jackson. You can find him on Locked On Bucks and Locked On Commanders. Pretty busy day for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I kind of want to start there. And let's just talk about the NFC South, because it seems like the NFC South is in this crazy arms race and then the Falcons. But you have like the, the Bucks trying to bring their whole thing down, the, bring everything down. You know, the the uh, Saints and Panthers bidding over to Sean Watson and the Saints now might be in for Jarvis Landry, at least of this recording. Panthers going out and getting a bunch of people. And then like the Falcons just sort of standing pat with their what, five win team or whatever they did. <laughs> like that's their seven and nine team or whatever they ended up with. And uh, I don't know the, the the texture of that division is super interesting and you're yeah. way more intimately familiar with it than I am though. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The Falcons really, it just kind of looks like, well, we you know we'll deal with what we have with Matt Ryan. And then once, once we can move on from Matt Ryan, we'll move on for, from everything. And it, it, it's, it's almost kind of a sad situation for all the players on that roster that aren't Matt Ryan because your you know, your careers are also tied to that whole situation. But yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at the Carolina Panthers, you have to kind of feel like this might be Matt Rule's last chance to really show David Tepper and, and you know, the Panthers that uh, he has what it takes to take them where they want to go, uh, which kind of explains why they're going so hard after Deshaun Watson and the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they've been relevant in the NFC South, the top of the NFC South for so long and relevant in, in football just in general for so long now that you don't want to lose it. You know what I mean? You don't you don't want to mm-hmm. let that go. So you do everything you can uh, to, to try to keep your head above water. And, and you kind of get the feeling that if they don't, land on Deshaun Watson. I mean, James Winston is, is still out there and, and who knows what he's thinking about this whole situation, but you can't be, you can't go to James Winston after all this and say, no, nah, man, we love you. You were our first choice the whole time, buddy. We wanted you, you know, it's kind of hard to do that kind of thing. So those, those things matter. And, uh, I, th- I think if I'm, if I'm Deshaun Watson, which I'm not, and, and in a lot of ways, I'm very happy that I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, let's just be real. Um, I'm going to New Orleans. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know the packages that are being offered, but I'm going to New Orleans because, again, they have some weapons there and you don't know what they're going to have to give up to get you in the, in the process. But they're going after Jarvis Landry. Uh, a big problem they had last year with Jameis Winston was a lack of receivers that could catch the ball. Well, Jarvis can catch the ball. He can't stretch the field, but he can, he can certainly catch the ball and he's certainly going to gut it out for your franchise every day. And then the Buccaneers, I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're at the top of the, of the division. Uh, it's really not even mm-hmm. close on paper outside of a, of a tragic injury. Uh, to somebody knock on wood real quick before somebody blames me for something happening six months from now. Um, that's not going to happen. Like the Buccaneers are going to win this division. It's it's about as sure as you're going to get uh, across the NFL. But that is is then why you see, I mean, the Brady effect obviously has, has something to do with it. But I think that reality where all these other teams are and how desperately they're trying to get something that might kind of make them competitive is another reason you see Carlton Davis, for example, the cornerback agreeing mm-hmm. to a deal that's about four or five million dollars less per year and about two years less than he was projected to get by most people 
that are quote unquote experts, you don't take that you don't take that kind of a pay cut unless you pretty much know you're looking at postseason football. Yeah, and this division to me is a big microcosm of like, look, when do you get aggressive? When do you run it back? Mm-hmm. And kind of the the right and wrong times to do that. Um, you know, the, for the Bucks, of course, it's the right time to do that. Two years right. ago, you win the Super Bowl. A year ago, you get to the playoffs. You're a true contender. You lose to the eventual Super Bowl champions in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and you probably make it further than you did if you just didn't draw the Rams when you did, right? And then you look at the Falcons, who are spinning their wheels. They haven't sniffed contention in a long time, and they're still kind of trying to run the same build back. And you kind of have to wonder, do the Fal- did the Falcons mistake themselves for the Buccaneers? And then on the total opposite end of the spectrum, you have the the Panthers and Saints going after something really crazy and, um, you know, kind of I I think a desperation move is a good way to put it because, you know, you have to put up with all the off field stuff that comes with Deshaun Watson. And they're pursuing that and other players really, really aggressively trying to create a team that that truly contends. And how it all shakes out is going to be super interesting. I remember in 2020, the first Tom Brady year of the Buccaneers, the Saints were overwhelming favorites to win the division that year. And they did win the division, but the Bucs ended up winning the Super Bowl because nobody knew what to make of the Tom Brady Bucs. And... So and and I feel like the the tide might be you know the Bucks will be overwhelming favorites to win the division and they might, but the NFC South they all kind of beat each other up all the time and you might end up getting like a really really scrappy Falcon Saints rivalry here. I'd, I'd be really excited to watch it. Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely true. You know the NFC South is always going to be competitive and and that's just kind of the truth of the division from as long as I've been watching that division. Whether uh, it's Drew Brees leading the way for the Saints and they're always on top, you're still going to get challenged by the bottom team. I mean, it's, it's just going to be a dogfight, uh, and they can. They can cut each other off at the knees sometimes. They can kind of hinder each other's uh, aspirations moving forward. Uh, you look at uh, you look at the New Orleans Saints that final season with Drew Brees. I mean, Drew, part of the reason he was as run down as he really was during that postseason uh, drive is because they needed him so much to just get into that position. Yeah, they won the division, and, and they got all those accolades and everything. That's great, but they didn't just get it. They didn't just walk into it, kind of what you alluded to. They didn't just – stroll down the park and say, okay, we're NFC South champs. Thanks for our crown. We're going to go into the playoffs now. No, they had to fight for it. They had to earn it. Some real challenges. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that came back to bite them uh, when it got to the postseason. They just kind of ran out of gas. Whereas the Buccaneers, a lot of that youth that was being mentored by a lot of the veterans, uh, it was just kind of a a nice blend of, of young talent and energy uh, to keep the older guys going. Right. And then the older guys kind of having been there, done that we, we know how to keep everything kind of mellow and even keel so that the uh, the moment doesn't get too big for us. So it was a really nice blend for the Bucks and now coming into it. I think what what you're what you're what you're talking about that you hit nail around the head because not only do the Buccaneers have to to worry about the NFC South and if you don't worry about the NFC South, they will surprise you, but they also have to face one, you know one of the toughest schedules in the National Football League hmm. this year and the teams that they have on their schedule that are these these contenders, these Rams and all these other teams, they're not getting weaker. Like you have some teams, playoff caliber, the Dallas Cowboys are one that are kind of coming back down uh, to the meeting, the meeting, I think. But a lot of the teams that the Buccaneers have on their schedule in 2022 are not coming down. The, some of them are just getting better. At least they're getting more experience, more uh, continuity. And that's going to be a challenge for them as well. Yeah. And with all of this, there's a couple of things I want to plug. First off, go listen to Bo yesterday on Locked On NFL, who talked a lot more in detail about both Tom Brady coming back to the Bucks and updates on the Deshaun Watson thing. Obviously, now we have the, he rejected the Seahawks. Those they're out. The Texans decided not to talk to the Colts, which I think is really funny. So they're out. And it seems like it's down to Panthers and Saints. And there might be some other meetings we don't know about yet. 
Um, so keeping tabs on that, but I also really want to, like, he couldn't be here today, but I want to shout out Ross's episode of Locked On Saints yesterday, where he really dove in to what it would be like to be a fan of the team that trades for Deshaun Watson and, and how you parse that out. Yeah. You can't ignore it, right? You can't ignore what's going on yeah. off the field. You can't ignore the accusations and all that stuff. And, and it was it was a very thoughtful episode. And I just wanted to recommend that everybody watch that. It, it was I think it's really good. Um, but we should probably talk about other divisions, too. I mean, the Jags are going absolutely wild. The AFC West is in a crazy arms race. And I want to talk about all that stuff as well uh, coming up. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of craziness happening around the NFL Crazy, though, Luke, not quite mad. The madness is happening in college basketball and oh, bet online on. <laughs> has all of it organized. Your latest odds contest player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports sports podcasts and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. Um, coming up next, I, I think I want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, what are they doing on I, I shouldn't be so incredulous they're doing what they always do the Jaguars have always been this team whether it's bulky before bulky they've always no. been this team that has 150 million dollars in cap space and they fly it around in the most active team ever on the first day and we finally all and we all go maybe this is finally the year that the Jaguars can put together a team um I don't know I have my thoughts on this but I want to hear yours first um, I mean, talk about madness. I mean, look, you know, give yeah. them credit for going after guys. And, and you have to believe that inside the building, they really believe that these are the guys that are going to put them over the top, make them competitive with the Tennessee Titans of the world and the Indianapolis Colts. If they find a quarterback and maybe some Texans, if they can turn uh, the bounty that you assume they're about to get into some some fruitful players over the next few years. But I mean, like you said, I mean, just a lot of moves. But not a whole lot of moves that move the needle, you know, and and shout yeah. out to Tony Wiggins, locked on Jags. I mean, doing doing mm -hmm. God's work out there. I don't I don't think anybody's done more locked on now videos in a 12 hour period. Yeah. than Tony did on Monday. But I just every honestly, if it wasn't the Jacksonville Jaguars and it wasn't the sheer volume of how many signings they they are, they're reporting right to agree to. Um, I don't think it would have made the news, but like we're talking about them, not because of any one player. We're talking about them because the amount of kind of middle ground players they signed to contracts that are quite frankly above middle ground uh, numbers. Now, granted, how much of that is guaranteed money and how much of that is incentives and all that obviously right. that does matter. But the numbers just when they jump off the screen at you and you're seeing these reports, I mean, I, I was glued to NFL Network for most of the day. And even those guys who have been covering these types of transactions for years and years and years, they're having a hard time spitting out some of these numbers because even if they're not fully guaranteed. They're, they're still very high and overly priced. Yeah, and like, let me read off some of these names, too. Christian Kirk, who got probably the headline deal just because yeah. Christian Kirk is not a household name. He was like wide receiver three in Arizona, and he's been very consistent there, but he's not like a bit. And he gets a deal that I think uh, works out to 18 million a year. And mm -hmm. again, not that many guarantees. And, and we can have a, con a discussion about like contract structure and how right. some of these 
contracts are full of funny money and it's really just the agent trying to up their resume and he's not actually going to see a bunch of that money. Um, I mean, Brandon Scherf is a very exciting offensive line prospect, but a guard is only ever going to get the fan base so hyped up. Yeah. Uh, Foley Fatukasi, Foy Aluokan, uh, these are, and Zay Jones also like, and I don't think they're done as of this, no. uh, as of this recording. And these these, yeah, like you said, these are not names that move the needle. These yeah. are not the big name free agents. And it's 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 bets. And it, to me, if you ask the Jaguars, hey, nobody thought Christian Kirk was worth that much. How do you justify giving Christian Kirk that much money? They would say, well, we think Christian Kirk is better than you think he is. And yeah. and that's the bet that they're making. That's the, the like, what that contract says. Right. We think he's better than you think he is. And look, if Christian Kirk turns out to, you know, now that he's wide receiver one, you know, and he's going to be the main featured guy and he's not, he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins or Larry Fitzgerald or whoever else in front of him um, on, on the depth chart. Once you have that and he's the guy, does he become a 1500 yard receiver? And then suddenly it doesn't look so weird. But if you're going to do that, I mean, you're $2 million off from, why don't you go get, go make a play for Amari Cooper yeah. and do or something with Alan somebody Robinson. that's a little more established. If you're gonna if you're gonna make that risk, then yeah. you're you're putting a lot down on you know on double zeros here. You're putting a lot of chips on the table by paying him that much, and it's a risk because you don't know if he really should be more than a wide receiver three. We've never seen that. We've never tested it. Yeah. If you're gonna make that risk, why are you risking so much on it? And if you're risking so much on it, why not go get something more proven? Right. Yeah. I mean, look the 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 greatest memory I have of Christian Kirk is I think about three years old now, maybe yeah, three or four years old now of him beating Vernon Hargraves in Raymond James Stadium for for a touchdown, and, and that may have been Vernon Hargraves' last snap he played for the Buccaneers. He was benched in wow. that game and never played again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I mean, I don't. That's about the best correlation I can make for you. So the fact that he's getting that kind of money now, uh, and like you said, that's the contract I think that catches your eye the most. Brandon Scherf, I think, is the name. That catches your your eye the most mm-hmm. if you're uh if you're not just a casual like if you're a casual football fan if you just watch the Jags you're like why are we paying this guy so much money or why is everybody so excited about this guy look Brandon Scherf I think he's one of the better offensive linemen interior offensive linemen in the National Football League I don't think he's For as sure. good Protect as the national media me, yeah I don't think he's as good as the national mm-hmm. media makes him like my co-host on the Lots on uh, Commanders podcast Chris Russell agrees with me there neither of us think he's right. as good as everybody thinks he is he has a relationship with Jacksonville's offensive line coach. So you kind of imagine that has something to do with it. But for Brandon, uh, and, and honestly, at the time that I sat down to record, which is about two and a half hours ago for my first show, um, I didn't have financial details. This is nothing to do with winning for Brandon. This is pretty much all about money. And, and so you have to wonder how right. much guaranteed money did they give him and how much did that offensive line coach that used to work with him in Washington kind of vouch for Brandon to bring him in because he's got a, a pretty extensive uh, injury list uh, coming with him to Jacksonville. So again, so you're talking about rolling the dice. I mean, yeah, Brandon's a very good offensive guard when he's on the field, but he's not on the field as much as you want a guy that you're potentially talking about. I mean, if 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 Brandon signed in Jacksonville, Luke, for less than what I'll call top three per year average in money, I would be incredibly surprised. And if Jacksonville paid him top three interior offensive lineman money, with the injury history that he has, I would be very surprised. So regardless, this is going to be very surprising, but that's probably the biggest name you have coming out of Jacksonville. Look, Washington is going to be very, very happy to take that third or fourth round compensatory pick next year. So kudos to him. 
Yeah, and when you're that team, when you're the we're going to spend a bunch of money team, it's the Jags and the Jets this year. It's been the Jags and the Jets for a while. Um, you know, it's been the Browns before. It's been the Giants before, the Dolphins before. When you're that team, it is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, and this is more of an economics, it's more of a market point. But like when you're known as the team that's going to spend a lot of money, you are going to attract the people that want to go to the team that spends all the money. And when you're not the team that wants to spend all the money, like with the Bucks, you're going to attract, you know, the people that don't aren't necessarily looking for the paycheck, but are looking for something else. And that might be okay, right? You know, the guys who want a lot of money are still plenty good players in their own right. And those are the guys. Um, But it does, I feel like it does tend to inflate. And when they know you have a lot of money to spend, they have an easier time asking for it. And you have a harder time saying, well, we're not going to spend that. It's like, what do you mean? You got all the money in the world. Of course you can spend that. And that is that context is going to affect negotiations. Um, But speaking of of uh, negotiations, maybe my favorite signing of the day happened in Los Angeles for the Chargers um, of the of the first day of tampering here on on Monday as we record this. So we're going to talk about that as well. And I want to kind of talk about the arms race of the AFC West and who is being left behind the two. Yeah, absolutely. Started off with good news. Let's end it with good news. And in between, we'll shovel in a little bit more good news because today's episode of the Locked on NFL podcast brought to you by Rock Auto, who reminds us that with the ever increasing number of makes and models of vehicles, it's literally, literally impossible, guys, for your local parts store or your local dealership to stock any part, any model, any brand you're ever going to need. Instead, you're going to go in there. They're going to tell you what you need. They're going to tell you what brand you need because that's the one that they happen to have on their shelf in their warehouse, in their computer. Or you do the smart thing, be smart with your money because we all need more to pay for gas now. So save parts on or (laughs) save money on your auto parts by going to rockauto.com because they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers, people like me and like you, most people anyway, who are watching this show and they have reliably low prices for every single customer that comes through. And they have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. They've got it. You need new windshield wipers. RockAuto.com has it. So go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, moving right along. Uh, I think the headline of the offseason in terms of which division has to be the AFC West, right? You got Russell Wilson heading to Denver. We talked about that a ton. Um, You know, the Chargers get Khalil Mack, and then they continue to build that defense. This is my favorite. I don't know what your favorite uh, contract of the day of of free agency so far is, but my favorite has to be J.C. Jackson going to the Chargers for, I think, $16 per year, which is a very, very sensible number. Um, And that's before even seeing the contract where you can further mitigate mitigate that if you want to structure it cleverly or not. Um, But J.C. Jackson to a Brandon Staley defense that just picked up Khalil Mack. You still got Joey Bosa. You still have Derwin James over there. It is a wild, wild group of defenders over there. And that star studdedness reminds me of Staley when he was with the Rams. Um, And, you know, having Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and taking absolutely ungodly elite players and getting the most out of them. That that's what I think of when I think about Staley with the Rams. And and it seems like they're going the same direction. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, And, you know, I'm a defensive guy. Like I love defensive football. I love hard, aggressive defenses. So when you go back to like the, the earlier successful days of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch. That's why I was so drawn to that roster because that defensive prowess, even look at this one, Levante David, and you look at Devin White as an upcoming star, Antoine Winfield Jr. They have some defensive star power going there. So that's still good. And then you look at the Los Angeles Rams this last season. 
Defense wins championships is what they always say. The San Francisco 49ers, look, if their defense doesn't get decimated on their path to the Super Bowl, I do believe that the 49ers pull out that win over the Kansas City Chiefs. So you look at the Los Angeles Chargers immediately starting to become one of my favorite teams here in the in the NFL, not just the AFC West, because they're seeing all the offense. They're seeing the Russell Wilsons. They're seeing the Patrick Mahomes. They're seeing the Derek Cars. I almost said Justin Herbert. Justin you know, Herbert. They get to practice against Justin Herbert every single week. Yeah. So I love what they're doing because it's almost like a tendency breaker. It's like, you know what? Offense offense is the focus of the NFL. We want more touchdowns, more points, more highlights. We want all the, the really cool NFL stats and the trackers and the green lines zipping across the field. But you know something? We're going to punch you in the mouth. And not only are we going to punch you in the mouth, but when you're throwing the ball in desperation because we're punching in the mouth, now we're going to intercept it because that's what JC does best. Yeah. And we're going to put points up with our defense. I love the approach. Um, you know, I think the I think most people say the the question mark on the Chargers defense is like the interior pass rush and all that stuff. Good news is, even with draft capital they have left after all the moves they made, there is talent to be found in the NFL draft here. And the better you are outside, the more that line has to spread, the more those blockers have to spread out, the better uh, access, oh. the better lanes your interior defense is going to have. I like what they're sure. doing. Let's see if they can build on it, and let's see if they can stay healthy. Plus, Luke. Gotta love Derwin James sending googly eyes like all day long, and every time he did, I was yeah, like, "Oh, what's happen?" And then something actually <laughs> happened, so you know it was great. Yeah. Well, they were sending them at each other because they 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 played together before. Yeah. <laughs> um, old friends reuniting—it's always always yeah. a great thing. But like in that whole division, I do love the Chargers becoming the team with an actual defense. Yeah. Where everybody else is, you know, has this, you know, crazy high flying chiefs. And now you're going to have Russell Wilson throwing to Jerry Judy um, and then the, the the Chargers. And it would be super cool. They just seem like a very fun team to watch because, I mean, yeah. Justin Herbert didn't go anywhere. Right. But I worry so much about the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Where are they right now? They've they they seem committed to Derek Carr, yeah. who is I, I don't think I mean, even the biggest Derek Carr fans, I don't think you can say anything, but he's the fourth best quarterback in the division now. Yeah. And when you're in that kind of like when you're in a division like that, do you have to just get desperate and, you know, give up on the guy that's been in your your organization for eight, nine years now? Uh, is that something that you have to do now? Or is it one of those things where we can't let the division dictate us and we're just going to try to be the best team we can be based on the path that we're on, you know? I think if if I'm inside the Raiders organization right now, I think you kind of have to understand that you're going to be the underdog all year long. Like, that's just that's just the role you're going to have. You go out there, you try to, try to get some key players without doing what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing and completely messing up their bank for the future. Try to smart to, to draft smart and all those things. There's really no better option out there at quarterback right now for them other than Derek Carr. So unless you're just going to completely rebuild this thing, trade him for draft capital, draft as much as you can, and then bring in maybe a uh, Jameis Winston if he stays available or whoever else ends up on the open market. Unless you're going to go that route, you basically just ride with Derek. You build up as much as you can. You see where the division settles because as good as these rosters are, we still haven't seen a lot of these changes we haven't seen this Chargers defense in action. We haven't seen this Broncos offense in action. And look, I mean, look throughout NFL history, trades and free agent signings, they go south all the time. I mean, th- this could be sure. Russell Wilson go to the Denver Broncos and, you know, this time next year, Cody Work could be on the Locked On Broncos podcast going like, man, that turned out to be a really bad decision. I don't wild. feel like that's going to happen. You know what I mean? But it could yeah. happen. It's. I remember when Namdi Asamoah left the, the Raiders and went to the Eagles. I think it was that's the direction he went. That was supposed to be like the greatest defensive signing in the history of the NFL. And then you never heard of Namdi Asamoah again until this episode of Locked on NFL Podcast. Um, yeah. So so these things happen. Um, I think if you're the Raiders, 
you can't get overly desperate. Like, like you were talking about, you can't just go out there and start throwing around money just to get a guy to fill a spot and sure. headlines. I think you might have to take a year and say, look, let's find out who we are with who we got. Man. Let's see who they are and let's take it in 2023 one step further. But Derek Carr is not getting any younger. So maybe he's not part of that future plan. Yeah. And it's tough. I mean, you're just, you're taking over something somebody else built too. Yeah. You know, that's, this is the Mike Mayock, John Gruden version of the Raiders. And if you want to build something, you know, that probably was going to take a while anyway. So maybe the, right. the timing's okay. Um, and then you just have to hope. I was going to say the Donovan McNabb to Washington situation from uh, the 2010 season. It's the one that I always think of for like the, everybody thought, wow, what a get, you know, division yeah. rival quarterback. He's, he's Donovan McNabb. Yeah. And then it totally didn't work out. That's always what I think about. We don't, we'll see if that kind of thing happens with Russell Wilson. Washington fans don't like to talk about former Eagles quarterbacks being traded to Washington. <laughs> Look, we have Vikings fans have our own Donovan McNabb trauma to, uh. to deal with too. Uh, Cause <laughs> where did he go next? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't get much uh, better. We got it. We just, yeah, no. Uh, so look, free agency is going to keep going here. So you gotta, you gotta be all over the Locked On NFL podcast. We are going to come at you every single day, updates, everything, um, and, and make sure that you know what is going on with the tampering window. And then once the league year actually turns over, it's kind of another wave of a lot of stuff. And it's going to be a wild couple of weeks here. Uh, in in NFL offseason land. So come on down, especially on YouTube, to the Locked On NFL podcast tomorrow. Tony and James are going to get you. Tony Wiggins and James Rapine are going to update you on everything that needs to happen. Um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna just keep it going, and we're gonna keep you all informed. Uh, David, thank you so much for coming yes, down, and uh, always love doing this stuff with you. I'm Luke Braun. You're with the Locked on NFL podcast, free and available on all platforms.